0: you're listening to making it with John Davids. Today's episode is John's interview with Elias Seaton, CEO of SoundCloud. This conversation happened at Web Summit in November 2023.
1: All right. All right. Quite a crowd here for you, Aliyah. Awesome. <laughs> hey everybody. All right. So we're going to start off just to set the table. You have sort of a blessing and a curse in that everyone knows SoundCloud, right? Y'all know SoundCloud? Everyone knows SoundCloud, right? Absolutely. Thank you. But their understanding and my understanding of SoundCloud is probably uh, a bit older. Like, we, have, we, we don't know the service today. So, why don't you tell us where you guys started and where you are today?
0: Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, John. Thanks to the Web Summit for having us here. Uh, so, I actually came to SoundCloud uh, two years ago and became the CEO six months ago. But as you all know, this is, a, um, this is not a new business. The company, uh, was was founded 16 years ago. And it was founded uh, by uh, two folks out of Berlin, which is still our headquarters, to bring artists and fans together directly. And this was at a time, 2007, 2008, when streaming was a whole new format. No guarantee this was going to save the music business. Um, and streaming was really starting to scale. Spotify and others founded around the same time. So. They achieved massive scale in that time, which is probably when many of you first started to use the platform, either as creators uploading your music or as fans listening to that music. Um, and then streaming needed to become legitimate. Uh, SoundCloud needed to uh, start paying rights holders. And this is a platform that had so much user generated content, the biggest catalog in the world. It's now 400 million tracks, which is like five times the size of a traditional streaming platform. And uh, once that legitimization took place, the economics were really challenging for the business. Business nearly went under. Um, That takes us to like 2016, 2017. And when it was resuscitated, uh, the focus was much more balanced between that streaming opportunity and a focus on creators. So being the day one for creators to pay a subscription for access to products, tools and services to start their career and find their fans and build their fan base. From there, we were really able to stabilize the business, and, and that balance created a whole different uh, economic model. Ultimately, where we are now is between that creator business and the fan business, which is effectively, um, you know, what what is known as a network effect. You have hundreds of millions of fans coming to the platform to discover new music, um, to find that. DJ mix that you heard in a club to find that new hip hop artist who's going to be the next great act, to find the next Post Malone, the next Billie Eilish. Even if they have a Spotify subscription or an Apple subscription, it's a different use case at SoundCloud. And then you have millions of creators who are coming to find those fans, engage with those fans directly. And that flywheel, that network effect defines our business, so 16 years later. Um, the founders are no longer in the business, they're on our board, but no longer in the business day to day. We are still executing that same purpose, that same mission, bringing artists and fans together directly on our platform. And in the music, uh, music industry today, we believe um, that the music market has caught up to where SoundCloud's purpose has been. And the ability to realize that vision in a way that monetizes for artists is um, the future of our business and the future of the industry.
1: And the story of SoundCloud and the time horizon that it's been around is really the story of streaming and, and so much more. What is the biggest changes you've seen over the last few decades in, in, in the business which you've been in for a long time? Yes. So um, I actually grew up an artist and uh,
0: ended up not being able to feed myself off of my singing voice. Although after the session, if anybody wants, we can yeah. do a little four-part <laughs> harmony. Uh, but I worked for 12 years at Warner Music Group in a variety of different roles, uh, really over a period of time when streaming was scaling. And across the last 20 years, um, you know, streaming has uh, emerged, risen, accelerated its growth, and now is maturing. Uh, and the tectonic plates of the music industry have shifted as a result. So for most of the history of commercial music, content owners, rights holders, um, that's where the the, um, commercialization of music existed. They controlled distribution, they controlled financing, access to money, they controlled marketing and promotion, but Napster, MySpace, SoundCloud, YouTube, upended that, the barriers went away. Ultimately though, the promise of streaming to level the playing field for artists, to um, to get artists paid in a meaningful way. Frankly, streaming has failed artists. Um, and we believe that streaming is not enough. We believe streaming is not enough for artists. The vast majority of artists do not make a living wage from streaming alone. They need to do other things. Uh, either in music or not um streaming is also not enough for fans maybe not all fans um if you're a lean back listener who's just gonna like put on a playlist on a service um and go about your business or put on the radio in your car maybe streaming is enough for you for the fans who come to our platform streaming is insufficient if you are a big fan of an artist and you want to spend a hundred euro on your favorite artist right now, in this moment, you can't. So streaming is kind of, in a way, maybe not killed the super fan, but prevented the super fan from supporting artists and expressing their fandom. Streaming is also not enough for streaming companies. And you can take one look at the p and of any of the public streaming companies and the ones like Apple use their streaming platform to sell other products like where they make their money. Uh, so streaming's not enough for fans, for artists, for streamers. And in that context, we feel that our ability to bring artists and fans together directly is the key to our future. Because at SoundCloud, Uh, that direct fan engagement, what we call fan-to-creator internally. Uh, The future is fandom. Um, And everything we're doing in the platform uh, and in our product roadmap is oriented toward bringing fans closer to the artists they love, bringing artists closer to the fans that they need to build their careers, and then starting to monetize that relationship on behalf of artists, so that artists can get paid more than the pennies that streaming gives them, and that fans can express their super fandom.
1: So on that note, I was just chatting before (coughs) this with uh, a hip-hop artist named Major, and he was telling me, and I've heard this from a few artists, that when they got their start, it was Myspace, and it was the places where people discovered music. Maybe today it's TikTok. Are artists breaking on SoundCloud, is that where they're discovering their audience?
0: Yeah, so we pride ourselves on being day ones. You know, Billie Eilish won a pile of Grammys a few years ago. And from the stage of the Grammys, thanks SoundCloud for being her day one. You know, whether it's in pop, hip hop especially, dance obviously. um, Being the day one for where creators are going to upload their music for the first time, begin to find their fans, grow their fan base. you know, this is so core to our DNA. Now breaking those artists, extending the time with which those artists are spending on the platform, giving them more products, tools, and services to have more of their career with us is very much how we're thinking about um, who we are today. And you know, the Billie Eilish story is not alone. Most recently, Kenya Grace um, has a massive banger that broke on SoundCloud. Now there are other ice old, spice ice spice thank you he's done his homework um, these are artists who have now signed to major labels after getting their initial traction on the platform and you know for us we want to make sure ultimately that these artists have as much choice as possible you know i i lived in the major label system for a long time the last 5 or 6 years i was at Uh, Warner Music Group, I ran the independent division there. It was the part of the major label that didn't own rights. So we would provide services in exchange for a fee. So distribution and other marketing and promotion services. And we're going to talk about this a little bit later at center stage with Jax Jones, an amazing artist out of London, who we have a joint venture with. The opportunity for SoundCloud to give another choice for artists not just to find their fans and build, their initial, the initial part of their journey, but to take that a step further um, and leveraging other platforms as well, um, like social media platforms and other you know, streaming platforms, but to have more choice so that when they eventually get signed, if that's what they want to do, uh, they can keep ownership of their rights. They can um, define the economics the way they want. They can pick and choose the services that they want. And that's really how we're orienting um, A lot of our business
1: quick break so i can tell you about demand scope demand scope is a performance marketing agency that helps you acquire new customers keep them hooked and scale profitably google ads instagram ads tiktok ads landing pages email and more there are so many ways to get customers today but if you're not doing it right you'll end up blowing a whole bunch of money And that's why I launched Demand Scope. We're here to make sure you're doing it right. Get more customers today and scale effectively. Learn more at DemandScope.co. That's DemandScope.co. So what does the money side of the business look like today? How are artists making money? My perception is touring is probably a big one, if they can you know, sell tickets. Um, streaming, probably not a very good one. Uh, you know, you're making pennies unless you're you know, the biggest streamers. What does the money side of the business look like today? Is anybody here an artist? Anybody? Oh, we got one. I'd be curious. Shout out
0: um, how you make your money off, off your art. Is it all streaming? No, no. <laughs> so, you know, I think for most of the artists we see and, and work with, you know, streaming is what they end up leaning on, but it's not sufficient. And they need to tour, they need to create other products. Um, and now there are other creator platforms that are giving, um, giving those artists has. But I think what I mentioned earlier around streaming killing the superfan, there's this, the notion of the superfan is actually... Uh, an old notion in music. So, physical box set, it's, you know, you, super fans might pay hundreds of dollars for uh, a gorgeous piece of furniture that if you open it, has a vinyl inside and lyrics and might be signed by the band. When I was at Warner one year, we distributed the Keith Richards box set. It cost $1,200. It was a mahogany, like lacquer, piece of furniture. It looked like um, an antique that your grandparent might have in their living room. And there were a thousand people across, especially the US and the UK, who had to have it. We probably could have charged more for it. This notion of super fandom dates back to the physical part of where the music industry was. NFTs were like suddenly the same thing in digital commerce. And I think over time, NFTs will be a part of you know that bubble burst, and I think over time that will be a part of how how artists get paid. In a download environment, when it was iTunes, we all remember that world, um, 80% of consumption of, of dollars in iTunes were spent by 20% of fans. So these are the fans who in a CD world went into Tower Records or HMV or media market or whatever, and Gathered up all the CDs of an artist that they love and they paid those dollars. In streaming, if you have a dormant subscription that you don't even realize you're paying for, you're paying your 10 bucks. If you are a massive super fan of an artist listening 24/7, you're paying 10 bucks. Streaming has killed the super fan. For us, this is the gateway. to be able to open up new opportunities to engage fans, to spend more money on artists that they love and get those artists paid. And we unlocked that opportunity two years ago when we unveiled what we call fan-powered royalties. So this is a user-centric model um, that, as a paying subscriber of a streaming platform, if you pay your $10, your $10 will now get divided up across the artists you listen to and we're the only ones who are doing it this way cuts down on fraud it's much more transparent it's how people think streaming economics works to begin with um and more artists get paid more so obviously it's really good for independent artists who are getting more money on streaming but ultimately paying out to artists in that way has allowed us to identify super fans for artists on our platform and in doing that we've given those artists the ability to engage directly with their super fans direct message their superfans, and begin to monetize the relationship with their superfans. and across the next 12 to 18 months in rolling out products around that we're going to start to get artists paid in ways that are more than just streaming
1: I love that line. I think the the hashtag there is that streaming has killed the superfan, and that you're as one of the things you're doing, you're you're trying to fix that, and it makes a lot of sense. Um, What is the competitive landscape today, and where where do you guys fit in the competitive stack against everybody else? I love the question about competition um, because because there's a lot of it.
0: (laughs) Well, (laughs) yes. Well, the short answer is no one, um, but I'll explain what I mean by that. So there's a piece of the SoundCloud business, which is as a fan, you're listening to music. You can go on the radio. You can have a Spotify subscription. You can go on YouTube. You can listen to music in a lot of places. So a piece of our business, we compete with other streaming platforms and places you go to listen to music. Other side of our house is our creator business, where creators are coming, uploading their music, building their fan base, access the products, tools, and services to find their fans, identify their super fans. That creator business has less competition, and it's more nascent. But it's some of those creator platforms um, that, that, that exist. Further down that path, we're starting to work directly with artists, uh, with folks like Jax Jones and his joint venture to identify new talent, to sign that talent, market and promote it on a platform before sending it onward to other services companies and labels. And in that respect, we compete with other artist services platforms and, and distribution platforms. So in different parts of our business, we compete with different players. Ultimately though, we are a one-stop shop. We're a vertically integrated platform that has that direct access to both fans and artists. You think about it this way, the major labels do not have access to the fans who consume their product. So they spend billions of dollars on talent ID and marketing and promotion every year, and they don't know directly what works, right. what their consumer thinks of the product that they're giving them. Similarly, retailers in music, like YouTube and Spotify and Apple, don't work directly with the artists. The artists are their biggest content cost, and the labels have those relationships. So Spotify pays out so much of, of every dollar to get access to those to that content, but they don't have a direct relationship with those artists. SoundCloud is the one place in the entire music ecosystem that is a two-sided marketplace, accessing both artists and fans directly at scale. So 16 years ago, our company was founded to bring artists and fans together directly. Today, in this environment where fandom, fan engagement is so important to getting artists paid, to scratching a fan's itch, to bring them closer to the artists they love, that's our purpose, to empower artists and fans to share and connect through music and that's the future of SoundCloud.
1: Yeah, and then just in the last minute here, when you're thinking about the future of this platform, are you thinking about engagement and monetization on the same level, like it ha- we have to do both of these things? We have to break artists and get them paid? Or does one kind of push past the other? It's a great It's a great question. I think when you look at a lot of
0: um, platforms in the creator economy, the majority of the feature sets don't end up getting um, either monetized or even used as much as certain, as certain features. They might be a hook to bring somebody in. So for us, ultimately we want streaming to be the reason you came to the platform for the first time to, to hear that song, to access that link, but then to stay on the platform to have these other ways of engaging with the artists that, that we're feeding you through music discovery and through various algorithms. And you know, for us, we just are, are planning to spend uh, so much of our product roadmap experimenting with ways that artists and fans can engage with each other, exclusive content, merchandise, virtual merchandise, status, badges, private links, all these things that are you know so close to engagement. And uh, over time, we think we're going to find lightning in a bottle to get artists paid. Elias Eaton, thanks so much. Thank you, John. Pleasure. Thanks, everybody. Thank
1: you, Web Summit.